1: Christ's death was the primary reason for Christ's incarnation, Christ's birth. It is why the Word became flesh.
2: It sounds almost backward, doesn't it? But I guess if you know the beginning from the end and vice versa, well, then it makes a lot of sense. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse. Pastor Leighton Sheely, our teacher and the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, is taking us through the book of John, and we've come to the 12th chapter. You'll pick up where we left off yesterday. If you missed that program, well, you can go back and listen to any of our past broadcasts when you go to the website for Church of the Highlands at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. And on this Thursday, here's Pastor Layton.
1: Hebrews chapter 2 says, Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. Became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. The Apostle John said, The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus' death was a constant theme in his preaching. In fact, immediately after Peter's confession that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. To Nicodemus, Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so also must the Son of Man. Be lifted up. The death of Jesus Christ was also the central theme of the preaching of the apostles. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. This is of first importance. And the first sermon that was preached is recorded by the early believers in Acts chapter 2. Peter said, Jesus, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nail to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again. And that was the theme of the messages that are recorded for us time and time again in the scriptures. The ordinances of the church are also focused upon the theme of Christ's death. Baptism pictures the union with Christ believers have in his death and his resurrection. When we partake of the Lord's Supper, we do so proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. You see, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the core of the gospel. You know, if someone were to come up to you and And ask you, they'd say, you know, I've only got a minute or two. Can you tell me what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about? Only got a minute or two. Make it quick. (laughs) Standing in front of an elevator, or you're in an elevator, or whatever. You only got a moment. Where would you start? Well, let me suggest you begin with the cross. God is holy. We are not. We have sinned. And the wages of sin is death. God took the wages of our sin and placed them on Jesus who carried them to the cross and paid for them with his own death. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See the gospel of Jesus Christ revolves around the cross. Now, in the previous passage that we studied, when last we met, verse 20, Jesus spoke of his impending death, but here in verses 27 through 34, we see Jesus, the God-man, grappling with the implications of that death. The passage reveals the anguish of Jesus, the answer from the Father, and the anticipation of victory. Now, let's begin reading at verse 20 to provide a context for our study, which begins at verse 27. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast, that would be been the Passover feast, were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus? Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Is my soul troubled? And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. So Jesus said, Now is my soul troubled. It troubled him because his death would involve separation from the Father and bearing God's wrath for the sins of the world. Now, troubled translates a form of the verb terasso, which means to shake or to stir up. It was used to describe what would occasionally happen at the pool of Bethesda. It is a strong word. It's used figuratively to speak of severe mental, emotional, or spiritual agitation, of being disturbed or upset or unsettled or even horrified. Some people think that Jesus Christ was a machine when he went to the cross. He wasn't. That's why we call it Passion Week. Because he felt everything. He experienced everything there was to feel. And Some scholars, they take the two phrases and disconnect them. They say, what shall I say? And Father, save me from this hour. But the structure of the verse points to a a hypothetical rather than actual prayer. The words are a rhetorical question. It's a prayer that Jesus considers but refuses to pray. He asks whether he should pray to be saved from this hour and then immediately answers that this is the very reason for which he has come. This hour has to be faced and passed through. Jesus wanted to make sure we clearly understood that he did it voluntarily. Just a couple of chapters earlier in John chapter 10, Jesus said, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. Peter thought he was really helping Jesus out by attacking one of those who came to arrest Jesus. And Jesus said to him, Do you not think I I cannot appeal to my Father and at once he will put at my disposal 12 legions of angels. Peter, I don't need your help. This is not out of control. This is exactly what God wants to happen. This is exactly what's in the plan of God. He could have called on his heavenly father to rescue him at any time, but he didn't. He was not going to deviate from God's plan which called for him to, to die as a sacrifice for sin. The hour of this that's mentioned in this gospel has, it represents doing the Father's will. So he immediately answered his question, but for this purpose I came to this hour. And in keeping with that resolved, he prayed, Father, glorify your name, which is essentially the same prayer that he would soon pray in Gethsemane, Not my will, but yours be done. Our Lord's request here indicates that as he had done perfectly throughout his life of obedience, he would continue in obedience and glorify the the name of the Father in his death. This is a, a description of the principle that has controlled his life and ministry. The servant who performs the will of the one who sent him, even to the point of death, even death on a cross, is the one who glorifies God. God is glorified when God's will is done. And God is also glorified when his attributes are manifest and there is no other place where God's love for sinners His wrath against sin, His justice, His grace, His mercy, and His wisdom are found so incredibly brilliant as at the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So God is glorified when His will is done, and God is glorified when His attributes are magnified. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. And others said, an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. So this is the third time in his earthly ministry that the Father's voice came audibly out of heaven. The third time. And all three occasions are related to the death of Christ. Christ. The first occasion was at his baptism, when he identified himself with sinful humanity. And the second time was on the Mount of Transfiguration, when he and Moses and Elijah were talking about his death, or as the scriptures say, his departure. And then this third time at the conclusion of his ministry, when he's talking about his death because the hour has come. On the other occasions, the father's voice affirmed that he was well pleased with his son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And here again, the father authenticates him, reassuring the disciples that Christ's death in no way should be interpreted as God's disapproval of him.
2: Such an important concept for us as human beings to comprehend. It even pours over into our own lives and how we see God in our relationship. There'll be more tomorrow on Study Verse by Verse as we wrap up the week here on this uh, outreach from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Pastor Leighton Sheely is our teacher each day, and we're on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. There's also a devotional shared each day on the website. You might appreciate that. I I think of this broadcast as a daily devotional as well. That's highlands.us. Yes. And of course details about the service times and other ministries are there as well. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us. Come back tomorrow when we'll once again open the word of God and study verse by verse. This program is sponsored by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno.